Morning, everyone. Nice to see you this morning. And if you're visiting us today, then you're really, really welcome to be with us and hope you're enjoying and uh, maybe catch you at the end before you go, if I can. Does anyone have, like, burned on your memory, um, those, like, embarrassing memories when something has gone terribly wrong? So I'm going to share one of my favorites with you, okay? And it's when me and Jez went to collect a sofa. And uh, <laughs> it was 10 years ago. And I just moved into a, like a rented house. It was when we were running a little internship here. And me and a few other interns, we moved into this house together. And it was completely unfurnished. So, you know, you're getting sorting everything. And again, fridge, bed, oven, whatever. And as much as we could, we're getting secondhand things. And through a friend of a friend of a friend, we, uh, a family offered us a sofa. And what had happened was they, they live in Swansea. They had a really nice house. And they had totally redone the downstairs um, you know, repainted, new windows, new floor, um, everything, and they were getting a new sofa. And so they offered this sofa. It was a huge leather sofa. I mean, it was massive, and it was, it was great. It was, like, in really good condition, and they were just getting a new one to kind of fit with the, like, new downstairs they'd done. So we hired a van. It was me, Jez, and a lad, Elliot, who was with us at the time on the internship. And we went, yeah, into the front room, and this, this sofa, I didn't know, I hadn't seen it before going, and it was huge, and it was so heavy. I mean, it's unbelievably heavy. And the lady said, uh, she was the one at home, she said, oh, I'm not sure how you're going to get it out, actually, because when we brought it in, we brought it through the windows. <laughs> they had these, like, massive windows in front of the lounge, but since then, they'd, like, replaced them and changed them, and they weren't, you know, they didn't open as big as before. And so we were eyeing it up, and we were thinking, how on earth are we going to get this out? So we did have, like, a full-on Chuckle Brothers moment that we were, like, trying to get out for ages. No joy. So in the end, Jez went back home and came with some tools, and we had to take part of the sofa apart. We, like, they, it didn't naturally come apart, but we took the arms off on either side, kind of wrapped it up, and then we're, like, negotiating it. Like, a little, it was still so heavy, like, around the house. Managed to get it out. At one point... When we were getting it down the drive, you know, sometimes when people have, like, kind of, um, almost like pillars at the end of their, like, pathway, there was this one moment where it was like, we were trying to get it over, and it got stuck balance on Jez's head and one of the pillars, and it's like, none of us could move without it, like, toppling over, and it, it was, anyway, so eventually we get it into the van, and we're like, oh, that's, you know, job done, and it was, it was a palaver, and then as we go back into the house, we can see that the lady was a little upset about something, and just at this moment, the husband had arrived home, and what had happened was, <laughs> when we'd taken the sofa apart, there was a little screw sticking out on the bottom, and we had scratched their brand new floor, like, not a tidy one, but, like, a noticeable scratch. So the husband had walked into the house and seen us straight away, and he was not happy, <laughs> and so... I mean, what can you do, isn't it? So, obviously, we apologized, and, um, and, you know, we spoke to them about it, and they'd actually had, like, a designer come in to kind of redo this. So, what we said was, you know, speak to the designer, find out how much it is to, you know, repair or replace the sections, and then, you know, let us know, and we will kind of sort it. So, got in the van, drove away. So I was only like 23, just moving to this house. And you know where I was like, oh, no, like how much is this going to cost to repair this floor? It'd probably been cheaper to just like 
essentially gone and bought a second-hand sofa. <laughs> They're like, they hiring this man, and then, you know, so, oh, so anyway, the following week, like, I gave them a call, didn't get an answer, tried again, left an answer for a message, hadn't heard anything, and I was thinking, oh, you know, you know, it's like hanging over you. And then a few days later, I was walking into a primary school, and we had just started kind of doing assemblies in this school. It was the first one we were going to do in this school. And I walk into the reception to sign in, and there at the desk is the lady from the house. And I was thinking, oh, no. I was, I was kind of hoping I will never, ever, ever see you again. <laughs> and so I, so I signed in, and then I was like, oh, so did you manage to hear back from, uh, you know, the person who had sorted out your floor and everything. And she just turned to me and she said, don't worry about it. Like, we, we sort it. We'll sort it. We've got it covered. Don't even think about it. And, oh, the relief. <laughs> what it meant. I was so, so relieved and so, so very grateful. And, uh, and, you know, every two weeks I would see this lady going into assemblies. And, you know, it's great to chat and get to know her a little bit as we kind of got to know the school and things. But I was so, so relieved. And isn't it great when, have you ever had that experience when somebody, like, forgives you of something and they kind of extend grace towards you and you don't have this, like, fault or weight or debt hanging over you or between you, but you're able to kind of move forward freely, and they let it go, and they let you go. It's such a wonderful gift to receive. But also for us, thinking about forgiveness, the act of extending forgiveness to others is also a gift to us. The act of forgiving others is a powerful tool that Jesus has modeled for us and gives to us that in our broken world, where we all experience hurts and a letdown in different ways or another, the ability to forgive others and to extend grace and to let go of the desire for payback or to let go of negative feelings towards another person, whether it's feelings of anger or resentment or disappointment, it's an essential part of our own health and well-being, of our own spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional health. And this works for both the big things and the small things. And there's like two sides to the practice of forgiveness. Sometimes there are those big things that happen in our lives where we've been wronged and it's like life-changing and it really, really impacts our life. And learning to choose to forgive in those things, it can be a process and it can take time step by step with help and with support and it can be a journey. But forgiveness in itself is an essential part of that journey of healing. It is the path to healing. And forgiveness is a tool to help us to move forward with our lives and to experience fresh joy and peace and freedom as we journey forward. And then there's those like everyday small things that, you know, whenever we're in close proximity to others, families, work colleagues, friends, school, housemates, university, we're, you know, we're all in the mix, aren't we? As our character flaws and shortcomings brush up against one another on a daily basis, hurts happen, irritations, forgetfulness, misunderstandings, letting someone down, these things take place, don't they, in the everyday. And forgiveness is equally as important here and is equally as powerful here. In Proverbs, it says this, love prospers when a fault is forgiving, forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. 
And I'm sure we've all seen or experienced how relationships can turn sour when unforgiveness is allowed to fester. He said this, she said that, this happened, they happened, I can't believe this. You know, when something relatively small can actually have a big impact and can grow and grow and grow. But then on the flip side, in our relationships, isn't it great when our relationships are in a good place, doesn't that bring so much joy and peace and enjoyment to our lives? Isn't everything so much easier and brighter when our relationships are going well? I remember when I was at university, and Beth, who was leading the worship today with Ethan, she, uh, we were in the same one. She was a year below me. And um, when she moved, went from like halls, university halls, into a house, she moved in with two friends from her church and two friends from her course. And uh, it was always like a fun house to visit. They were always doing parties and hosting things and whatever. And then after they stayed together for two years. And after the two years, one of her housemates, Jenna, she was staying on for a master's, and all the others were going off different places. And Jenna was a friend of Beth's from her course, and Han really uh, wasn't a Christian, but had come along to a few things with Beth over the years. And um, she came to Beth and said, do you know any Christians in Exeter that I could move in with next year? Because living with you guys has been such a positive experience, seeing how you treat one another, how you look after one another, how you don't, you know, in houses, there housemates, there's always someone steals the milk or whatever, but how you, <laughs> you get on with each other, you put things right, you care for one another. So this has been a real new and amazing experience for me, and I want to live with Christians again next year. Do you know any in your church that, you know, need housemates? Is that amazing? What a fantastic example, and the power of forgiveness for our lives. And so Jesus, and in the New Testament, he calls us to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. Let's look at a few verses here together. So in Colossians 3, it says this, since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. In Ephesians 4, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example. And in 1 Thessalonians, it says, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so before we kind of get into the talk, this is our last, we're like in between the series, this is our last in between the series where we're going to hit a few topics. Um, this is like a little key point here when we're thinking about forgiveness, that it says here, forgive others as God has forgiven you. And so when we're thinking about forgiveness and how we can forgive, it doesn't mean that we pretend that nothing happened. And it doesn't mean that we pretend that we haven't been hurt when we have been hurt, because that's not real. And that kind of bottling it up or pretending, it doesn't help, and it doesn't help us, and it's, it's just not real, is it? We see here how God, he didn't ignore the wrong things that we have done and pretended that it didn't happen or it wasn't important, but he provided a solution and a resolution and a way forward. He addressed it through Jesus, through his life, his death, his resurrection, alive now for us. He addressed the wrongs of the world. And he provided a solution. And he offers us forgiveness. And he calls us now to live a new life, following his example in learning how to love one another and grow in love for others. 
And so in the same way, when we forgive others as God forgave us, it's not pretending that nothing happened. Now, sometimes we can just let stuff go, can't we? You know, in day-to-day life or amongst friends or family or whatever, sometimes we can just, we can just make the choice, I'm just going to let that go. We just extend grace. We give someone the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they're stressed. Maybe they're going through a hard time. Maybe they didn't really mean it. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. And we can just make the choice. Do you know what? I'm just going to let it slide. I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to, you know, that's under the bridge. And we can just, sometimes we could do that, can't we? We can, just, we can just let it go. And that's really helpful if we can do that. It's like it says here in this uh, first one where it says bear with each other. You know, we're bearing with each other because we're all human and we all make mistakes. But sometimes, but that's different to like bottling it up, isn't it? Letting it, that's different. And sometimes forgiveness does mean that we've got to address the issue. We've got to go and speak to the person. We've got to go and sort it out between us. And sometimes boundaries need to be put in place to protect us from harm or to protect others from harm. So forgiveness doesn't mean just pretending it doesn't happen. But what forgiveness does mean is that even when we need to do those things, in our hearts we do what it says here. We make sure that we don't pay back wrong for wrong but we follow Jesus' example to find healing and freedom in our lives and take the path that he shows for us. So the first thing is, as we think about forgiveness, is that this, God always wants the best for us, and he knows the effects that unforgiveness has on our health and well-being, and he wants to spare us from that. So a few years ago, I was down the beach with another family, and they had two little ones, and I think one was about two years old, one was about four years old, and they were building sandcastles. And, you know, just having a great time running around or whatever. And then inadvertently, in their enthusiasm, the two-year-old, just a little lad, accidentally stomped all over the, his older sister's sandcastles, you know, just playing or whatever. And then the little girl, seeing what happened, goes, oh, no, those are my sandcastles, and proceeds to walk over to the boy's sandcastle over here and stomp on all, all over his. <laughs> just quite funny. So... In that moment there of, like, childhood innocence, it gives, like, a little glimpse, doesn't it, of some of our, like, human instinct. That sometimes, you know, when we get hurt or something happens, we have that human instinct for payback. And payback or revenge is different to finding a positive and healthy resolution. Payback might show itself outwardly when we stop talking to someone. We give them the silent treatment, or we're like deliberately awkward, or we withhold help from someone deliberately, even though we can, but we, we were like awkward and we withhold it, and we don't really say why, or we gossip about someone and start telling everyone what happened, or we do something we know that will hurt them, an unkind comment, or something like that, or even it might show itself physically, we go and stomp on their sandcastles. Other times, payback might show itself internally, where we hold on to the hurt and we harbor resentment towards someone. We might even think to ourselves, I will never forgive. Now, we might not think of it in those terms, but it's a bit like we're trying to punish the other person by holding on to negative thoughts and feelings towards them. Now, my little boy Josiah, he, he loves to hold things in his hands, okay? And uh, there's loads of these pictures, like this, this is a classic Josiah picture, okay, where he's playing with one toy, 
But earlier on, he's picked up something else, which has got nothing to do with what he's doing, but he will hold on to that little ball there for hours and hours and hours. He just always wants something in his hand. And when you go through like little pictures, you always see like this one here, how he just has like random things in his hand, and he just likes to hold on to them like all day long, and they've got nothing to do with what he's doing. And then when he wants to play something else and it requires two hands, he'll like try and like tuck it under his chin like this, or tuck it under his arm. And he ends up like holding all these different things. And he'll like, you know, he likes to feel it. And sometimes he'll look at it really intently. And eventually it might end up in his mouth as well. So now unforgiveness, it can be a little bit like holding on. It's like holding on, but it's not a little toy. It's those negative feelings and emotions. And it's like every now and again, sometimes we, it's just there. But other times it's like we nurse it or we think about it, or we take it out and we have a look at all the different angles, or we show it to others, or <laughs> I don't know if it ends up in our mouth, but it's kind of, you know, it's always there. But there's no healing there. There's no resolution. There's no healing and moving forward. And we might think that we're in control of it. You know, we need to do something else, and we feel like we got it, we got it tucked under our chin like this, and we're carrying on over here. But actually, unforgiveness begins to spill over into other areas of our lives, and it always comes out one way or another. Nelson Mandela famously said, resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. And so relationally, unforgiveness can come out relationally. Not only does it affect the relationship with, where the incident's taken place, and, but it can, it can begin to spread to our other relationships. We can begin to see our other friendships um, and relationships through the lens of what's happened to us and through this hurt. And we can begin to see it in other areas that it's not happening. It can hold us back from sharing in other people's feelings of joy uh, or happiness. It can rob us of experiencing joy and contentment in our own lives. So we find that we, we can't experience those good things in the same way before because we're holding on to something. And it stops us from healing and moving on. It freezes us in time. Hebrews says this, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. It can kind of grow up and affect all different relationships. It can affect us physically. I was reading this article from the John Hopkins uh, Hospital and School of Medicine in the States. It's kind of like their number one, often gets their vote like number one hospital. I don't really know what that, how you'd be a number one hospital, but anyway. And this is, what, this is what it says. I'll just read it to you. It says, whether it's a simple spat with your spouse or a long-held resentment towards a family member or friend, unresolved, unresolved conflict can go deeper than you may realize. It may be affecting your physical health. The good news is, studies have found that the act of forgiveness can heap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of a heart attack, improving cholesterol levels and sleep, and reducing pain, blood pressure, levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. There is enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed, says Karen Swartz, MD, and director of the Mood Disorders Adult Consultation Clinic at the John Hopkins Hospital. Chronic anger puts you into fight or flight mode, which results in numerous changes in our heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, can calm stress levels leading to improved health. Forgiveness is not just about saying the words, it's an active process in which we make a conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. Swartz says, 
As you release that anger, resentment, and hostility, you begin to feel empathy, compassion, and sometimes even affection for the person who wronged you. People who hang on to grudges, however, are more likely to experience severe depression and post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as other conditions. But that doesn't mean that they can't train themselves to act in healthier ways. So unforgiveness, it can affect us relationally, physically, and it can affect us spiritually as well. Grace and forgiveness are fruits of the Holy Spirit, and they are what he wants to empower us and to bring to life in our lives. And so when we instead hold on to unforgiveness, it's like we close our hand to the gifts and blessing that the Holy Spirit wants to pour into our lives. It's like coming to take something with our arms folded and our fists closed, and it can can become a blockage to receiving more of the life and the gifts and the blessing that the Holy Spirit wants to pour into our lives, including healing. And so that's why the Bible really warns against payback and looking for payback. And instead, Jesus empowers us to practice the the life-giving alternative of forgiveness. So there's many inspiring stories of forgiveness. And one of that really, really inspires me, and I have shared it before, is the story of Corrie ten Boom, and Corrie, she was a Dutch Christian. She lived in Holland, uh, obviously, and uh, during the Second World War under Nazi occupation. And her and her sister and her father would hide Jews in their home. They built like a secret room behind a kind of a wardrobe, and they would help them escape. But then, unfortunately, they got caught, and her and her sister ended up in a concentration camp, Ravensbrück concentration camp, uh, her and her sister Betsy. And during the war, her sister died there. And after the war, Corrie would go around uh, Holland and Germany and other places in Europe uh, speaking about forgiveness and helping people to kind of move forward and rebuild their lives. And she said that one time she was doing a talk in Munich, and afterwards she finished the message, and a former guard from the concentration camp where she was stationed, where she was placed, uh, came up to her. And she said that she recognized him instantly. And she said she could remember walking naked past him. And she knew exactly who he was. But he didn't recognize her. She was probably one of hundreds of prisoners that he saw. And he comes up to her and says this. He said, thank you for your message. Since the war, I've become a Christian. And I know that God's forgiven me. And I've been asking him for the opportunity to meet someone that I could ask for their forgiveness. Will you forgive me? And this is what she says. She says, I stood there, and I could not. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed like hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. I stood there with coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the outstretched hand in front of me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. It was like a current that started in my shoulder and raced down my arm, arm, and sprang into our joined hands. 
and this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried, with all my heart. And for a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I have never known God's love so intensely as I did then. When we think about exercising forgiveness, the starting place is Jesus. The good news is that Jesus has been in that place himself and he can help us. Jesus experienced the worst of our world and all of its brokenness. Judas, who was one of his 12, who he journeyed with for three years, one of his inner circle, he betrayed Jesus for money. Imagine that betrayed your life for money. And when Jesus was on trial, Peter, one of his closest friends, is just standing out there in the courtyard next door as Jesus is being interrogated, and he denies knowing Jesus three times. And Luke records this. He says, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Jesus saw it happen. Imagine that, seeing it. And then, of course, he's handed over to the soldiers and he's found innocent, but they take him away and they crucify him anyway. And even still, Jesus prays, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And he extends forgiveness and is quite astonishing. And so for us in our lives, if we've been hurt or let down and we think, how could I possibly move forward from here? We can be sure that Jesus understands He's been there. He knows. He's been there. He knows. And he came out the other side. He came through it. And we know that Jesus was raised to life from death. But more than that, Jesus was also restored from the manner of his death. The trauma that Jesus went through, he overcame. Not just that he died, but he overcame how he died and what had happened to him. Jesus is more than just alive He is living in wholeness and freedom and joy and peace. And so when he came back, he was able to forgive and restore relationships around him, including Peter. He didn't come back in a mood with them all. (laughs) He didn't come back and give them all the silent treatment. He didn't come back and, you know, give them payback. He came and he went and he spoke and he forgave and he restored and he made them breakfast and he talked with Peter and he gave him the chance to apologize and put it right, and they walked together, and he restored their lives and their relationships, and they went on to do amazing things. And so Jesus experienced and demonstrated the power of extending forgiveness, and he continues to heal and to forgive and to empower and to strengthen us today in our lives. And so for us, Jesus is our example, and it's him through the power of the Holy Spirit who releases the power to forgive in our lives and releases peace, and releases freedom as we do so. And so whenever we're in a place where we've been let down, or hurt, or disappointed, or broken, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, we can come to Jesus, we can be honest with him, we can share how we feel, we can share what happened, we can get it all out, and share it, and unload it, and know that he listens, and understands, and is with us. And in that place, as we're honest with him, we can ask him to help us. We can ask him to help us, and he will empower us through the Holy Spirit. 
to come through and respond in a way that brings life to our lives and can bring restoration. And so the starting place is Jesus. And then the second thing is we make the choice to reject revenge and instead we take those positive steps forward, however slowly, however little, but we go in that direction. In Romans 5, it says this, never pay back evil with more evil, but do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. You know, God is just and he knows and he is righteous and we can trust him to be fair and we can hand things to him. And, he, and it says this, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And so here, Jesus gives us this powerful and positive action that enables us to take control and to be restored with his help. When we choose to repay evil by doing good, this releases a freedom into our lives. When we choose to forgive from our hearts and let go of the desire of payback, we leave that to God, it releases a burden from within us, and it opens our hearts to be healed and be restored by God. It invites the presence and goodness of God into our situation. And it's not about whether it changes the other person or not. It's not about whether it changes them. Obviously, that's brilliant when that happens. But even if the other person isn't changed, or even if they never apologize, or even if something has been taken from us that we can never get back, for us in our own lives and in our own heart, we are not allowing ourselves to be overcome by that evil. But in our response, which we're in control of, we choose to respond to that evil by doing good and by exercising good. And there's power in that. And that brings a peace and a freedom to us. And so then finally, when we think about forgiveness, it's something that we do daily. When it's a big thing, sometimes we've got to make that choice and we've got to ask the Holy Spirit to help us day in, day out as we go on that journey. And then when it's the small things, a real key for forgiveness is to learn to forgive quickly. In Ephesians, it says this, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives, the foothold, gives a foothold to the devil. Forgive quickly, this is what this is saying. If you can just let it go, then let it go. If we can just let it go in the moment and let it go quickly, then let it go. That's always the easiest. But if we need to speak to the person about it, if we need to address it, if we need to follow it through, then follow, Jesus gives a great principle in Matthew 18, and we can follow this and speak to the person. So it says, I'll just read it for you. I won't have time to unpack it in full, but it says this. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens, you have, what, you have won that person back. That's always the goal. And when we go quickly, usually this is what happens. But if you're unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. So take a trusted person along with you and you can do it together. A small group leader is great for this, you know, for us here. And if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. So you kind of, you find ways, you know, find a way together to resolve it and move forward. So this is the key. Speak to the person that we have fallen out with and do it sooner rather than later. Give them the opportunity to apologize or to work it out, to resolve it, and don't let it fester. If you're nervous about speaking to them or it hasn't worked or you're not sure how to do it, ask a small group leader and go together and they can help you. But don't let it fester. Give yourself 
the gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a gift we give, but when we give it, it's a gift that we receive. So don't hang on to it. Don't let it fester, but give yourself the gift quickly and go and resolve it quickly. So for us in our lives, to experience increased joy, to walk in peace and wholeness, let's partner with the Holy Spirit who leads us into freedom through the act of forgiveness. Let us practice forgiveness as a lifestyle, learning to forgive quickly so that it becomes normal. Jesus designed us to live in right relationships with one another. That's what is life-giving. And this path of forgiveness allows that, and it's a path of peace. So why don't I pray for us, and let's go and do it. (laughs) Father, we thank you that you are a God who forgives. And we thank you for the grace and kindness that you've extended to us in our lives, that Jesus came and experienced all that he did so we could be forgiven, so we could have our relationship with God restored, so we could experience you in our lives now and for eternity. And I thank you that you are with us and you empower us by your Holy Spirit to extend forgiveness to others. And I thank you that this is a tool for our lives to experience freedom and wholeness and peace and joy. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come now and help us again as your people to forgive quickly. And for any here where forgiveness has been a challenge or a struggle or something has been one of those life-changing moments, I ask, Holy Spirit, would you come now and fill us again with your peace and fill us again with your strength And would you help lead us in those steps towards finding healing and freedom? We welcome your help and we welcome your power for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.